This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serialholic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, fuck. Did you hear that? No. <laughs> I slammed my elbow into something. Sorry. Oh, I, I thought you were telling me that your ghost was talking to you. <laughs> no, that was just me running into things while I'm sitting in a chair stably. <laughs> stably. <laughs> stably. That's a word, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm the most stablest person. So yeah. how's it going? <laughs> I'm just so exhausted. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long couple of weeks. It's it's been it's been a lot, lots of lots of sickness. That's exactly going around. why I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, not with us, but with like various kids. Yeah, so. I mean, you deal with it all day because that's like your profession, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That that is true. That's that's all I deal with. <laughs> but I don't. I I deal with it only at home, and it is exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. I, I will say it's only been one of my children so far. So I'm really hoping it doesn't hit the others and it just kind of like sneaks on past them. I'm hoping so. I'm thinking that there's such an age difference between the others and her that, you know, they just kind of are moody and stay off to themselves. So maybe they won't be close enough to her to catch it. <laughs> and, and I, yes. And I also hope it doesn't hit my husband because he's worse than them. <laughs> yes. He will be a giant ass baby. That, I literally that would be awful. can't, I cannot, I will <laughs> probably shove something into my ears to make myself go deaf. <laughs> oh no, that is a terrible idea. Terrible idea. Anywho, how, anything, anything new going on? No, 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 no just the sickness. That's it. Sickness. Getting down with the sickness. Great song. So yeah. Um, it is it's my turn. It is your I think, turn. I think I don't have anything, any kind of major news or anything to talk about. So I think we should just get into it, you know? It's what the people right. came here for. It's what the people want. So <laughs> let the people let's give the people what they want. <laughs> let them eat cake. No, no. Okay. So <laughs> No, <laughs> no, Marie Antoinette. No, okay. Actually, I'm pretty sure she, she actually didn't say that. It's just like a room. Anyways, this week I've decided I'm going to change it up a little bit. We're going to talk about something that we don't cover very often. It's a little different, but I don't want to tell you why it's different. But I want <laughs> you to tell me. <laughs> no, you'll just see when you get there. And I got to try to figure out how to strategically name the episode so I don't just give it away with the name. Of the episode, we'll see. I'm probably just going to get very curious. We're just going to get into it. Let's get into it. You probably know this case. I feel like it's a it's a pretty known case. Maybe not. Let's just let's just get into it. Susan Walters didn't have the most stable of childhoods. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like she was like abused or unloved by her parents. It was just not super stable. So her father was an Air Force cook, and her mother was a homemaker, and they ended up getting divorced when she was about in second grade. Okay. So Susan spent most of her young life 
um, moving around from place to place. So she moved from Colorado to Arizona, to California, to Nevada, just a lot of moving around, not very stable. She said that she knew her parents loved her, but she also knew that they could never teach her what a stable, successful marriage looked like. In the early 80s, Susan has grown up now. She's moved to Portland. You look so confused. Like, I don't even know where this is going. (laughs) I really don't. I'm like, yeah, that was my plan. So (laughs) she, she moved to Portland, Oregon. And she completed nursing school and was just, like, enjoying her young life. She loved to laugh, and she often went to, like, a local comedy club, um, just hanging out with friends, going to work, living the young single life. After a while of enjoying this young single life, her mother and a family friend decided they're going to try to help Susan find herself a man. They're like, she needs, she needs to be set up. She needs to settle down. So they put out an ad in the local paper on behalf of her. So I'm going to read that ad to you real quick, okay? First of all, no. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. No, I can find my own mans. Like, no, mother. Second of all, (laughs) that that is an awful way to find a man. (laughs) Okay. It's like the 80s. It's not like they had, like, Tinder or they couldn't swipe left or right. (laughs) Yes, and it's going to sound really bad, and I don't want it to sound bad for anybody that, like, does personal ads or anything, but, like, most creepy men <laughs> and creepy women are in said personal ads we have covered a few cases a case or two you know here and there where the killer has put out an ad a personal ad <coughs> Not craigslist cool. killer <coughs> <laughs> have we done craigslist i don't think we've no done. we haven't no um so anyways <laughs> here's the ad okay single white female 33 also oh. all i could think of is the song the single white female <laughs> looking for a special love. I don't think okay. that's. I was like, is that the tune of Life is a Highway by Rascal Flatts? Is, is it? <laughs> Am I doing it wrong? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> also, I don't sound like that when I sing. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Go on. Anyways, single white female. 33. Overweight, but not over life. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to have a problem with that. Um, sing, First single of all, oh, oh, body stop positivity it. here. <laughs> you do not post a personal ad and say overweight, bitch. <laughs> but not over life. It's punny. Oh. No? It's not funny. <laughs> okay, so seek single male who wants more out of relationship than just slender. Your face. Active healthcare professional enjoys exploring the Northwest, interested in conversation, good times with someone who's intelligent, thoughtful, and full of humor. Must be emotionally and fiscally mature. If you're seeking a bright, funny lady who's adventurous enough to advertise, then please reply. Adventure enough to advertise. Okay. Okay. So not long after this ad went out, Susan got a reply from a man named Michael Kuhnhausen. Okay. And they start seeing each other. And within a year, the two were married. The mother's probably sitting here. I did that. <laughs> I did that. I mean, she could have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like, don't. Yeah, good. you fucked up. Because here comes the serial killer part. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, that's the only, the mother's not in any more of this tale. So you, <laughs> <laughs> I know you've really got a big vendetta against her. But, <laughs> but who calls their 
child overweight <laughs> and also who has personal ads that is a dangerous thing you do not know what crazy person is out there i can think I of was proven <laughs> girl you in danger <laughs> like danger <laughs> so everything seemed great at first mm-hmm. everything's awesome but unfortunately much like all of her parents marriages marriages is marriages whoa marriages yeah (laughs) adding the extra is okay so unfortunately much like all of her parents marriages this one would not turn out to be successful so mike slowly began to reveal who he really was he wasn't completely truthful about some things for example when they were dating he told her he was in combat in vietnam but then she later found out that he was a switchboard operator not like a combat guy which like that's a stupid thing to lie about who cares why yeah why lie about it like, why cares? not long after they got married he got a job as a janitorial supervisor at an adult video store and he slowly began to reveal to susan just how unhappy he really was with just like life in general so he was super negative about everything and after a while his catchphrase became a phrase that susan grow to hate like she could not stand to hear him say this so he would say life is a shit sandwich and every day you take another bite until you die that's disgusting that is disgusting (laughs) and that's not okay and also everybody's negative from here there but it would be so exhausting to just be with somebody that's just non-stop just like i will everything is shit (laughs) i was gonna say i will say that is something that can just bring a person down Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got my moments. I, all the time, I'm like, oh my God, I hate people. People suck because they do. But I mean, I, I usually do when I'm driving. <laughs> oh my God. I so do when I'm driving. <laughs> it is comical. Like if these people could hear what I'm saying to them, they move out of my way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that they would, <laughs> but I don't know. I say some weird shit. You've been on the phone with me. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, you can't, you can't just be nonstop negative all the time. That's not, that's not enjoyable for anybody. It brings the whole relationship down. It brings everything down. It's a super depressing way to look at life. So I totally get why she couldn't stand to hear him say it. He became super like insecure about money since she was a nurse. She was the primary breadwinner of the household and he became resentful of her. And eventually that turned into like anger. I could see that though. Mm-hmm. So this anger turned into years and years of emotional abuse towards Susan. Like he would try to make her feel guilty anytime she wanted to like go out with friends. He would obsessively keep track of the money in their joint account and like would try to make her feel guilty about every single dime she spent. Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, he would sit around and just like chain smoke and was completely addicted to Diet Coke. Like, I'm sorry. How do you, how do you get Cigar- addicted? <laughs> the caffeine, but like cigarettes and Diet Coke are not cheap, my guy. Even though it was like the 80s and it was cheaper then, the cost of living was cheaper too. You can't just chain smoke and just nonstop drink Diet Cokes and then be like, you can't spend any money. <laughs> that shit adds up, bro. Like... <laughs> You're not allowed to spend any money. It's mine. It's mine for <laughs> cigarettes and Diet Cokes. Um, <laughs> also, Diet Coke is... is it's disgusting. not good. It's not good. <laughs> if you like Diet Coke, uh, you do you, but I... 
do I don't not know. do that. I'm, I'm weird about like I'll tell you, I definitely drink probably way too much caffeine, but <laughs> anything diet, I just can't do it. The aspartame in it, one, it's yeah. really bad for you, but it it gives but, me major migraines. Like I yes. I couldn't ma- imagine drinking nonstop diet coke. No, nonstop diet. Yes, I'm a person that definitely drinks way too much. Not cokes, but like coffee. I'm just all caffeine. day. Yeah, that's coffee, why I coffee, coffee, coffee. Speaking of too much caffeine, we oh, yeah. Wanna, yeah, we want to let you guys in on our new little secret energy boost. So we were introduced to this awesome product called Magic Mind. It's a little energy shot, super easy to take. And you can drink it cold from the fridge or even room temperature because I personally don't like too cold of things. It kind of hurts my teeth. <laughs> um, you do have sensitive teeth. Yes, I do. Anywho, though, it still tastes amazing to me. It tastes kind of like a little shot of green tea. It does. So it's definitely got that matcha flavor. So it's packed full of like all of these natural healthy ingredients like matcha and agave. And it has like antioxidants. It balances your mood. It gives you energy. It keeps you focused. And the best thing about this, which this is my favorite part, you don't have to replace your morning coffee. Like you can take this alongside with your coffee. Which which, is a good thing. That is a huge Because I can't say, I cannot not have coffee. I cannot not have coffee. No, but this helps me not not have too much coffee (laughs) six cups (laughs) like that yes six cups may be pushing it and this has helped me not go that far so (laughs) it even has these like cute little directions on the bottle too gosh the cutest tiniest bottle by the way yes so we yes and it'll even tell you so like step one it says shake step two breathe and step three drink So if you haven't checked this out and are looking to push start like a healthier morning boost, you should definitely give this a try, especially if you want to cut back on caffeine like us, because like I said, six cups, (laughs) it may be a lot, (laughs) might be a lot, you know, maybe. So yeah, you guys should totally check this out. Um, You can go to magicmind.co slash serialholic. And we have this awesome little link. If you use our code Serialholic20, then you can get 20% off your first purchase or up to 56% off of your subscription. Which yeah. is honestly, it's amazing. They're not expensive. They are definitely worth the money. I will say that. So definitely, definitely worth They Definitely got a little pack in their punch, you know, you got a little boost you need to get through the day. For sure. So, yeah that that took a turn though so let's get back to Susan <laughs> oh yes it did sorry we get distracted <laughs> I do it's just you said coffee and I was like yes coffee but also magic mind so yes Susan Mike Mike's not doing great you know not not doing great so after enduring 17 years of emotional abuse from oh, Mike no. <laughs> 17 years hell. okay Hell no. Red flag, girl. You do not need to do that. Seven. You are better than him, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't do 17 years of, of the nonstop whining. <laughs> just, just the smoking and the whining. Just nonstop. <laughs> and the di- I swear to God, if I saw 
another Diet Coke can. <laughs> I'm going to shove just... it so far. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, after 17 years of enduring this emotional abuse from Mike, Susan had finally reached a breaking point and she found the courage to kick him out of the house and filed for divorce in September of 2005. Good for you, girl. Good for I, you. I see you, girl. So now we are going to fast forward a year. Okay. We're going to go to September 6th, 2006. So 51, she's 51 at this point now. 51-year-old Susan. Yet on, on this damn piece of shit, Mike wasted her entire, all them good years. But that's okay. So 51-year-old Susan. Why did my thing just scroll when I wasn't even touching it? Okay. <laughs> Your computer's possessed. It is absolutely possessed. So now she's 51. So 51-year-old Susan Kuhnhausen headed home after finishing a 13-hour shift at Providence Portland Medical Center. Okay. So at this point, she had been an ER nurse for 30 years about. And so I'm sure after a 13-hour shift, she was just ready to like kick back and relax. Well, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm not even an ER nurse, but I can tell you after 13 hours, I'd be ready to get back <laughs> in the lab. I was going to say, I I can't imagine how like draining that would be. I just work at a pediatric clinic and I'm like ready to crawl into bed as soon as I get home. Like I'm just done. Yeah. Uh, especially now since we got a new mattress. Did I tell you about that? No. <laughs> Dude, we, sorry, one more tangent. So we decided to splurge. And we got us a new mattress with one of those fancy ass platforms that goes up and down. Oh, girl, don't do that. Oh, it happened. It happened. And the platform raises up and it's great. And it like alleviates my back pain. And okay. now after laying on this bed, I could never, ever like lay flat like a peasant again. Like, I don't know how I slept. All <laughs> <my God. laughs> okay. <laughs> Any hooser. Okay. Tangent over. So I'm sorry. I'm sure Susan it's so was- funny that you say that. I'm sorry. We got to go back to the mattress. it's so funny that you say that because when we before we bought our house that we're in now we tried one of those like bed in a box big and I personally loved it I love heard good things about them I I loved it my husband is a big man (laughs) okay (laughs) he's a a very big burly like he's like the brawny man on the brawny paper towels that would be the brawny man yes <laughs> beard and all he's he's this he I don't know how he did it but like formed into his body and he tried to flip the mattress before oh, no. like you know flip it and so like I like went into this groove and was oh, like no oh. so I, I was like we can't do this so we bought a different bed mm-hmm. and I actually love our we bought it like I don't know, probably six months ago. And I love it. I love it so much. It's, it is like a pillow top. Like it is a spring mattress, but it's like a pillow top. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, got like the Tempur-Pedic in between and it, and like the cooling system stuff that, you know, I love it. He hates it. And I love that he hates it because he ruined, because <laughs> he ruined my bed in a box. That's funny. So he like complains about it and talks about how he's going to like flip the mattress. I'm like, and it doesn't matter if he flips it because it, there's no, like he, he can't ruin it. So it doesn't right. matter. <laughs> so I'm like, go ahead, flip it, baby. Because oh my God. I'm going to love this bed. So I'm glad that you enjoy yours, but I enjoy mine I too. Do. Well, it's good. It's good. Look at us. Anyways. We're going to have good sleep. 
can be wide awake with our caffeine. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> back to the case. <laughs> back to the case. Any Hoosier. So I'm sure Susan was ready to just chill. Before she got home, she decided she was going to treat herself and she stopped by the perfect look hair salon. Okay. While waiting her turn, she flipped through an Oprah magazine and she read a poem by Donna Markova. And one of the lines in this poem was, I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear. And Susan didn't know then, but that poem would come to mean a whole lot to her. So after a cut and a color, she headed home with her new look. Look at her. Okay. 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 I see you, girl. She gets home. She walks inside. She turns off the security alarm and was surprised to find a note from her estranged husband, Mike. So since she had kicked him out, he had been living at his father's house. Did um, he for- have the security code? Yes. So that's what I was about to say. She hadn't gotten around to changing the locks or the Girl, code. No. First of all, w- rule one. <laughs> rule number one. Literally number one. After you leave or kick somebody out, you change your fucking locks. <laughs> you change your locks. You change your code. Change all that stuff. Yeah. She hadn't changed it yet. But... Mm-hmm. The note didn't throw her off too much because she had expected him to drop by at some point because she had previously reached out to him and asked him if he could like house sit her cats. Also, no. (laughs) And the note basically said that he hadn't been sleeping well lately and he was going to head to the beach for a few days to relax so he couldn't watch the cats. So basically he just like left a note saying, I can't watch your cats. Sorry. Okay. But like, like, is she coming home every night? I don't know the whole backstory about the house sitting for the cats just so you know if you're coming home every night you don't have to house sit your cats cats literally do nothing (laughs) they take care of themselves (laughs) that is why they are they are one of the most laid-back pet that you can get (laughs) yeah I don't know the whole I don't know if she was planning on going out of town soon or something for a few days bitch I have two cats and I forget I have two cats (laughs) I forget you have cats when I come visit because I never see them um. <laughs> uh, they're they're definitely well loved <laughs> just so you know all i'm saying is don't come into the house and leave a note like you could have just like called and been like sorry i can't watch the cats uh yes like, what, what is that That's also really weird first of all there's several red flags in this whole situation one you leave your husband you change the locks you change your security code and you don't ask your ex-husband <laughs> to house sit. Not saying you can't be friends with your ex-husband because some people have great relationships with their exes in a way that, you know, they were right. better friends. Right. But like you went 17 years listening to him complain about everything. Why would you want him to come back over? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So she reads the note. Susan's like whatever of course he falls through I didn't really expect him to you know go through with what he had said he would whatever I don't care I'm over it so she's like I'm getting I'm gonna get out of these scrubs I'm gonna have some me time you know maybe take a nice long bath or like get some snacks and watch tv in bed this is just me thinking of what she's gonna do um (laughs) so she heads towards her bedroom and Susan noticed that it was much darker in there than it should have been so also fucking weird Right. It wasn't completely dark out yet. Um, it was like late, early evening, basically. It wasn't completely dark out. And Susan, every morning when she left for work, 
she would open the curtains in her bedroom to let the sunlight in all day. Okay. But the curtains but were That's closed. also weird. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want people looking through my windows. <laughs> right. Yeah. But also, I think it was upstairs, too. I think the bedroom was upstairs. Okay. Usually, she opens the curtains. The curtains are closed. And it's much darker in her room because the curtains that's, are closed. She, she's yeah. like, that's weird. So, your husband who came inside and left a note went into your bedroom, too? Creepy, right? Black, red, black. <laughs> <laughs> So as soon as she walked into the bedroom, from behind the door emerged a scraggly ass looking man. Absolutely not. <laughs> holding a motherfucking hammer. Holding a hammer. Uh-oh. So he swings this hammer and he hits Susan square ass in the left temple. Oh no. Oh no. So if that was me, that would have been the end of the story. Like <laughs> that would have been it. I, no lie, I'm literally the softest person. Like I'm, I'm Charmin soft. I bruise like a peach. That would have been it for me. Not Susan. I no. feel like we're definitely different there. <laughs> yeah, like no, I would have crumbled to the ground, and my, that would have been my, it. Fight <laughs> or flight when it came out. That would have been like, I would have been like that, <laughs> like extending arms. Oh my god, all the way, feet, legs. Like it didn't matter. I'd be swinging. I'd miss every time, but <laughs> I am here to say, you know, you always hear fight or flight. Those are not the only two options. There's fight, there's flight, and there's what I do, which is freeze. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> yes. So he hits her with the hammer. Susan is one of the baddest of the bad bitches out there. Hitting her square in the temple, though, too. Yes. Yeah. But after being an ER, ER nurse for 30 years, you learn a thing or two about self-defense. So that job is physically demanding. You have it to is. be able to protect yourself from like aggressive, sometimes mentally unstable patients. And you also have to be trained to do it in a way that like protects the safety of the patients themselves, you know? So mm -hmm. she's had years of training and things like disarming injured men, like helping crack people's chests open to perform like heart massages and things. Right. Um, administering IVs to patients who are like thrashing around from like drug withdra withdrawal. So She's got all this experience and because of the demanding physical aspect of the job, she and several other nurses at the ER would go to like self-defense classes regularly. Oh, nice. Yes. I mean, that's personally, I think that's good for anybody, not just like, right. yeah, yeah. and it's kind of, it's kind of sad because like, it's not in my area, easy to find situations like places like that. Right, because you live in a super small town that's not close to, like, bigger cities. Yeah, we have some options. It's not like a, like, you can't just, like, go. We don't have one around the corner or anything. Right, you know? right. But, um, that's good for them. Good for them. That's smart. Yes. yes. So, and because of this and her, like, level-headedness, she was prepared to react in this insane situation. So, to recap strange man just like hijacked her as soon as she walks into her bedroom whacks her in the head with a hammer right so this apparently switches on susan's like beast mode oh. and she ran straight for him and like basically speared him into the wall behind him like tackled him huh yeah 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 so it was at that moment that the man spoke for the first and the only time during this whole incident and all he said was you're strong right <laughs> Bitch, I'm going to show you strong. <laughs> I was going to say, and Susan was like, fuck around and find out. Like, direct <laughs> quote, not really, but. <laughs> that kind of gave me flashbacks of, 
my childhood when I was always told how freakishly strong you I am. Freakishly strong. It was weird because you were like the tiniest, like shortest, tiniest little thing. And it was just, it was weird. You also took Sammy Sibs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to this day, I do that. My kids don't let me get drinks from their you, drink. You no, know, because you <laughs> drink the whole ass thing. <laughs> I do it to my husband too. <laughs> it's a um, what is it called? A it's a Sammy sip. <laughs> no, it's it's a tradition that continues to grow. A tradition, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say like a personal flaw. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, For anybody that doesn't know what a Sammy sip is, it's I literally in one drink. She I literally drinks your entire ass drink. <laughs> like she'll walk in and you'll be drinking something. She's like, oh my god, I'm so parched. Can I have a sip? And eventually we were like, not a Sammy sip because she was just like, we'd be like, sure, or whatever. And she'd drink the entire ass drink in one gulp. <laughs> She's a little bitch. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways. Okay. You're so, strong. You're strong. You're strong. That's all he said the whole time. That's all he said. So it was around this point that Susan realized that this wasn't just an intruder here to like burgle her house. Burgle? Like this was set up. Is that a word? He wasn't there to rob her. (laughs) Right. He wasn't just breaking in. He wasn't just going to grab some valuables and dip. Like he hadn't collected anything from her house. He never asked for like money or safe. The only thing he said was you're strong. And he had just been waiting in her room with a hammer. Like clearly it was set up. Right. And he was wearing yellow rubber cleaning gloves. As if. Yeah. As if he didn't want to leave any like fingerprints behind her. So. Susan realized this man, he's there to kill her. Like, she's like, he is here to kill me. Mm-hmm. At five foot four, Susan was a full five inches shorter than her attacker. And she had two bad knees. Remember, she's 51 years old now. Right. She used her entire body weight to slam him against the wall. She was able to wrestle the hammer from the man. And it was at that time that she asked him, who sent you? But the attacker didn't answer. Instead, he struggled to get the hammer back from Susan. Before he could, she grabbed her attacker's neck and squeezed it as hard as she could. Like, to the point that his face was turning purple. Dang, girl. Okay, yes. So she sees his face changing colors and panics. She lets go of his neck and she tries to make a run from it. She's like, okay, maybe I've injured him enough that I can, like, get away. No, no, you keep strangling, girl. Well, (laughs) So before she was able to escape, he caught up to her in a narrow hallway. Um, he grabbed her. He punched her so hard in the face that he like split her lip. Oh. Yeah. Susan fell to the ground. And it was at this point that she knew she probably only had maybe one chance left to stop her attacker. Or he was going to kill her. So the two struggled. And she swung the hammer at him. She also bit him in the arm and on his thigh. And her thinking in that was that if he is, like, if he does kill her, maybe police can identify, like, him as her murderer by her teeth marks on his body. So she starts biting him. Like, she even bit through his zipper. Like, Ah. uh uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God, that hurts my teeth thinking about it. But she's just desperately trying to do anything to, like, ward off his attack. I really like that she's, like, a fast thinker about it, too, because... In a situation like that, not everybody is thinking that way. No. So my next thing I was going to say is that she also reached into his pockets trying to grab anything she could that That would ID him. That would ID him. Yes. Like she was 
on top of it. Like I would not have been thinking clearly at all in this mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> You're just like put in this state of shock and for, for you right. to be like fighting for your life and thinking about it that way. No, good for her. So good for her. I, I like, even after like, I feel like I wouldn't think that clearly, even after like all the research that we do on cases like this, like I know, oh, you need to like, I, know. I still wouldn't think of that. I don't think. It's, it's funny because like even studying some of this stuff now, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I think about if I was ever put in a situation like that and it's hard to even like envision yourself in a, in a situation like that. Right. But like even, even envisioning yourself in a situation like that, I'm like, I just don't know what would go through my mind. I don't know that I would think like that. Right. I don't know that I would use all the skills or the techniques that you learn or, mm-hmm all of this stuff like you're probably just thinking about survival period you're not thinking about you know if I don't if I don't survive right like she was on it I mean that's badass okay now by this time the two had been struggling for almost a full 15 minutes damn that is exhausting sounding so (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't even work out for that long (laughs) (laughs) I get winded going up the stairs. (laughs) So Susan used her self-defense training and are you okay? No, I'm just thinking about how uh, we went to my father-in-law's like, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or something. And just walking to the car, I got in and I was like breathing heavy and Dallas is like, are you okay? Oh my God. (laughs) I am so out of shape. <laughs> so so your struggle wouldn't have lasted 15 minutes then? No. Oh, God. No, I don't even know that I'd pull in a full 45 seconds. <laughs> Go on. So Susan used her self-defense training and badassery to climb on top of him, put him in a chokehold, and yell, tell me who sent you here, and I'll call you a fucking ambulance. Oh, damn, girl. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. It just got real um (laughs) susan is my spirit animal (laughs) the attacker tried to fight back but this only caused susan to press harder with her chokehold which she should yes and eventually the man stopped moving susan finally released her hold and she ran out of the house to a neighbor's house and told them to call 911 and this 911 call was wild so the neighbor told the dispatcher (laughs) we have an intruder in the house next door the intruder was in the bedroom with a hammer. The woman who lives there thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left. <laughs> so the dispatcher then asked, can you put her on the phone? And the neighbor responded, she's bleeding. And the dispatcher asked if she needed an ambulance. And the neighbor said, no, she's fine. She's a nurse. But she says, call an ambulance for the guy. He may be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hurt, hurt save a life technique was coming into play now <laughs> i can't imagine being a, like a 911 operator and getting this call like <laughs> the whiplash from the turn of events in this call like i don't know <laughs> yeah that's nuts go on <laughs> so who was this intruder and tacker man's guy yeah i want to know who was it yeah well the 911 call actually hints towards the answer of who sent him while on this call, the dispatcher was like trying to gather all the information they could. And they asked the neighbor if there had been any recent problems with anybody in her life, like any spats with anybody, any problems with an ex, anything like that. 
So the neighbor replied that Susan had recently talked to my correct husband and had asked him to house it for the cats and come to find out he left this note saying that he couldn't do it because he was on the way to the beach. And she also told the dispatcher that he knew the alarm code. The dispatcher was like, interesting. That's, that's a good information that we should tell the police. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I will say she probably wasn't thinking that her ex-husband would do that, but I personally would just because of our, just because, <laughs> just because the husband did it. Well, that too. <laughs> Absolutely that. But, <laughs> but I was just saying like, um, with everything that we think, like all the cases we've done, mm-hmm. all that stuff. My ex-husband, who literally is just miserable with life itself, the only rational person that would know, not rational, irrational, I guess I should say, <laughs> know the alarm code, who let himself in to write a note rather than call me, I wouldn't have said who sent you. I'd been like, why the fuck is my husband or my ex <laughs> you? Right. Why does he want to kill me? <laughs> right. So when police arrived, they found the body of the attacker in Susan's home. Like he was dead, dead. She killed him. Oh. Yeah, he did. So his autopsy would later reveal that he had a near lethal amount of cocaine in his system that night. Oh, damn. So okay. he was like he was like jacked up on <laughs> he was like cocaine bear. Have you seen trailers for that? <laughs> I have seen trailers. He was jacked up on all these this these drugs. Yes. This on all this drug. (laughs) That's why I was like, these drugs, it's only one thing. This drug is backed up on the cocaine. Go on. (laughs) Cocaine is a hell of a drug. So (laughs) in his back pocket, they found his ID and learned his name was Edward Haffey. So Ed was a 59-year-old Vietnam veteran with a criminal history. In 1991, Ed had arranged the murder of his ex-girlfriend, 39-year-old Georgia Lee Dutton. He had pled guilty on conspiracy to commit aggravated murder in 1994 and ended up spending only nine years in a correctional facility for this crime. Oh, really? That's it? That's it. So he was released in November of 2003. And eight months after his release, he was hired to clean the floors at an adult video store by a man named Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her mouth dropped. <laughs> mm, they've been planning this for a long time. So after a quick nice. search of Susan's home, an unknown backpack was found in the basement. Uh, the backpack belonged to Ed. Like he had brought it in with him, put it in the basement. I don't know why. And among, <laughs> among, among his belongings, the police found a daily planner with a note on the date September 4th that said, call Mike. And the phone number listed under this note was the phone number of, guess who? Ding, 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 ding. Susan's ex-husband, Mike Kuhnhausen. So investigators obviously looked into Mike. They found out that he drove to the beach on the day of the attack and checked into the Yeah, Lincoln- he needed an alibi. Right. So he drove to the beach. He checked into the Lincoln City Inn with a credit card. So like it could be traced and then he ended up driving back to portland that same night like he even stay there bitch <laughs> if, you're gonna, if you're gonna give yourself an alibi stick to the alibi <laughs> stick to, like what are you doing 
Like you just made yourself look even more guilty. You dumbass. <laughs> uh, the next day, he spent $339 on a revolver at a pawn shop. And he left a suicide note at his father's house. And then he just left. He took off. Officers ended up tracking him down and finding him in a parking garage at the Kaiser Sunnyside Medical Center. And he said that he was he went there because he was going to check himself in because he felt like he had nothing to live for anymore. Like he was contemplating suicide. So officers put him on an involuntary psychiatric hold. And then 11 hours later, they arrested him for conspiracy to murder Susan. But, like, why would he want to kill his ex-wife? Susan is literally just trying to live her life now. She's just trying to live her life. She's just trying to just do her thing, you know, just away from you. So, you know, the this first why thought... you don't meet guys on fucking personal ads. <laughs> Swipe left to that ad. Is left, <laughs> is left denying? I don't know how these apps work. I don't know. I've never been on a dating I... app. So... <laughs> I got married before they were invented. Um, <laughs> I've been with mine for literally like the same amount of time as you. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, so why would he want to kill her? My first thought was, you know, like insur- life insurance money, right? So he, he have, like a big life insurance plan. Well, you know, well, it makes me think money because you know he was always watching the money like a hawk, right? He was, he was always bitching about her spending money, but Susan. Although she had not changed her locks or her alarms, she had already taken him off as like a beneficiary for her life insurance. Well, that's fucking good. Good for you. <laughs> yes, good for her. So he and he knew that he wasn't listed as a beneficiary anymore. So that wasn't so what he was going for. Got any? Yeah, you wouldn't have got right. Any. So it wasn't that. So the home that they had shared, that Susan now owned, was completely paid off and worth about three hundred thousand dollars. That's what it was. And Mike had lost his job about three weeks before the attack on Susan and he's living at his dad's house and he's like super salty about that. So why shouldn't he get to live in the house that's already paid off when he doesn't have a job and she does. So she could totally pay like rent or a new mortgage. Uh, be- because you're a low life. I don't know. <laughs> like go get another job then, sir. Go. Why is it so hard for you to just go put in a job application and get a different job? Right. Like, I, just go get a there's job. No sh- there's no shame at living with your dad when you're having a rough time. Right. I, mean, I would hope my kids would want to come here if they were having a rough time. For sure. But you know what they're shaming? Trying to murder your ex <laughs> <laughs> I really hope my husband doesn't do that. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see. Are you concerned? Are you it. trying to tell me something? Blink twice. If no, I was going to say like I don't ever see us getting divorced or anything. But like, I would hope that if we were ever to have unfortunately go through that, my husband wouldn't like have a vendetta out to kill me because right? of it. <laughs> Seriously. So Mike is arrested, you know, for conspiracy That's to kill good. Susan. Mm-hmm. He's like. I don't even know this Ed character. I have no connections with him whatsoever. You can't prove anything. Bitch, yes, we can. <laughs> so police are like, like, okay, okay, cool. But like, what about these employment records we have here that show that you hired him to work at the adult video store? And also, 
what about this journal? <laughs> right. I was just saying, also, why is your name and number in his daily planner diary thingy? Like, what's, what's happening? So Mike was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I did know him. That's what I said. I said I know him, but I, I just didn't have anything to do with this attempted murder charge thing. <laughs> he tried to back that. I, I said that. <laughs> You're not listening. That's what I said. So... <laughs> He was like, just because I know this guy doesn't mean I did anything. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I but- totally didn't go plan a day at the beach, <laughs> use my credit card to book a hotel and not stay in the room and drive all the way back. I totally didn't do that. <laughs> they were like, okay, but you were the only person in the world besides Susan that knew the alarm code to get into her house. <laughs> and also you were clearly in there at some point because you left her a note. And you clearly reset the alarm when you left with Ed still in the house because Susan disarmed it when she got home. So. (laughs) You guilty. (laughs) On September 18th, one of Ed's former cellmates came forward saying that Ed had asked him to join him in an insurance scam. He said they ended up meeting with a man named Mike Kuhnhausen who told him that he would pay him $5,000 to help Ed kill his ex-wife. This cellmate was like, no, no, I think I'm going to sit this one out, fellas. Like, y'all y'all do you. I'm not, I'm not here for this. And then supposedly Mike then offered Ed $50,000 to do the whole deed by himself. On November 17th, another witness came forward and told police that he had driven Ed to meet a man in an Applebee's parking lot. Because, you know, like, in the words of Ricky Bobby, you want to go get kicked out of Applebee's? <laughs> You're not first, you're last. So the witness told police the man they had met up with matched the picture of the man that he'd been seeing on the news after Susan's attack. And so that's why he was coming forward to tell them, you know, that man was Mike Kuhnhausen. So now police are like, okay, you're still saying you have nothing to do with this, but we keep getting all of these witnesses and all this evidence against you. It's just like piling up on our desks. So it's your move. What you going to do? So on August 30th, 2007, Mike pled guilty to soliciting a murder for hire plot against his ex-wife. He was sentenced to only seven years in prison. How how is that the only, okay. Right? Like, what the fuck is even that? Like, so you basically just said, eh, we're just going to give you seven years for trying to kill your ex-wife. Yes. That's our justice system, guys. That's what we got. So this ridiculous sentence, along with the traumatizing attack on her life, caused Susan to live in fear for the next few years. I mean, I would too. Yeah. She was always looking behind her back. She would always, like if she went to a restaurant, she'd always sit facing the door. Did she not move? I would have moved. She did not move. Well, I mean, I don't know if she moved. I don't think she moved. I mean, Um, like I would have moved out of the state. Far away. Right. She would... (laughs) like circle around do another drive-by if she thought someone was like falling in her car she'd like go another way and try to lose them she was just always worried that someone else was going to come for her Mm -mm. because she thought like what's to stop mike from becoming friends somebody right becoming friends with like a cellmate who's like oh you just didn't send the right man to do the job like i get out in a few weeks i'll take care of it for you you know So she would spend her time off work going to the shooting range to practice in case she needed to defend herself again. Luckily, she would not have to do this. While in prison, Mike was diagnosed with cancer, and he ended up dying just a few days before his release. Oh, dang. That's called karma. That is major karma. So 
He never took responsibility for what he did. He continued to deny having any part of it and just claimed that he only pled guilty to get himself a lesser sentence and that he was actually the victim in this case, not her. Whatever. Right. So Susan later told her story on the show I Survived where she was asked about how she had felt when she realized that she killed her attack. So Susan said that she immediately began to think about his family. She thought to herself that everybody has somebody who loves them, whether it be like children, a wife, a mother, a father. And she just felt so like terrible for his family that she had killed this man. She said the worst part of this whole attack was not that somebody had tried to kill her. It was that she had to kill someone else to survive. That's so sad. Right? But um, she said that she has no shame because I did not choose his death for him. I chose my life. That's a good, so that's a good thing to say. That's a good way to look at it. She later received a, a letter from Ed's family, like her attacker's family, saying, so I have a quote from the letter that I saw her read on an interview. So it says, he was very loved by his family when he was a child. However, all of his unlawful actions when he was grown deeply disturbed the family. There was no excuse for his illegal and dreadful deeds, and although this was a terrible thing that happened, no one in this family has any hard feelings towards you. You did what you were forced to do, and in doing so, you spared him from the same trauma you experienced. We wish you well, and may God bless you. That was so nice of them. Right? So, Susan has since ditched the name Kuhnhausen, and she now goes by her maiden name again, Walters. She is deeply involved in victim advocacy work, and she created a website dedicated to supporting victims of crime in her area. So her website helps victims get answers to, like, questions about the justice system, and, like, as soon as charges are filed against their offenders, the victims can use this website to, like, track the offender's court dates or sentencing details and, like, other information regarding, like, when they're going to be released and things like that. Gotcha. Basically, she's just an all-around, like, wonderful human and a complete badass. And literally was this whole time. <laughs> like, this whole time. So, like, an assassin was literally sent to kill her, and she ended up killing the assassin instead. That's, like, John Wick shit right there. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. So, that is the badass survival story of Susan Walters. So, yeah. that's why that's why it was different. I didn't want to. I didn't want to, I tried to leave some mystery in the story, you know. I actually didn't know that one. Did you not? Like, okay, cool. cool. You were like, you probably know this one. And I actually didn't know that one. So. Yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy one. That is so nuts. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Except for, I want to be Susan Walters when I grow up because she's a badass. <laughs> Me too. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that is that on that. And. You can follow us on all the stuff. Go to SerialHolicSisters.com. You can see our Facebook. Facebook. I said it right. Our facey space. What the hell? <laughs> I was going to say, are you okay? I don't think so. Um, our Instagram. You can send us messages. Like send us a Gmail. Send us a. That's it. Just a Gmail. <laughs> send us a Gmail. <laughs> or you don't have to, you know. <laughs> so you. Lord have mercy. Um, now that we're awkward, we might as well just, you know, finish being awkward. <laughs> okay. We should, we should do that. Wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye.